Welcome to the Metal Maven Podcast, where we explore and discover the process and passions of artists in the metal music and art community. Episode 6 of Metal Maven Podcast, we're going to talk about the stories we tell. I'd like to welcome Melissa Van Fleet, a crafter of dark songs who sings them very well. Melissa, I really appreciate you joining me to share your stories. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for having me on here. I listen to all the other podcasts and it's just what you're doing is brilliant. So I'm very, very honored to be a guest on your show. Thank you. Thank you. So before discussing the present and everything that's happening currently with you, I'd like to go back to another time and place. You began creating music at a very young age and seemed to be drawn to it. What pulled you in? Where does your story begin? Once upon a time, there was a little girl named Melissa. And she was, let's see, addicted to MTV. Um, <laughs> my favorite activity as a two-year-old was standing on like this tiny little makeshift stage. And I was like two inches in front of the TV, singing along with Alice Cooper and Lita Ford into this tiny little toy Fisher-Price microphone. And I can vividly remember pretending that I actually was them performing on stage. <laughs> like I told myself, like, you are Alice Cooper. And it's really strange sounding. But yeah, I, I just that was what I what I did all the time. Really, every memory I have from my childhood was accompanied by some sort of music, whether it be metal or R&B, which my mom loved, or just anything. I It was just constantly there, and that is really how my story began, and it's still how it is now. Well, same here, which I feel we connect with a lot. I mean, I remember, too, it's like, I'm on my MTV. It's like they would play that <laughs> yeah. all the time. So fun. I mean, it was always on in the background, too, because my house was always filled with music. And oh, yeah. If That's it's amazing. all Yeah. Um, <laughs> and if it's all right, I'd like to speak with you about your father because I I know he's a very important part of your story and what you're currently doing. Yes, he is the reason that heavy metal music was instilled in me at such a young age. Some of my earliest memories involve my dad rocking me to sleep to Ozzy's Shot in the Dark. That was the song that was like the one that was my you know, my lullaby at night, which I don't know why that specific song, (laughs) but it just really, I guess, spoke to me when I was a newborn Um, but he also would teach me names of musicians and his favorite bands I knew some of their names before I even knew my neighbor's name so yeah it was just it was so important to him and it was just passed right down to me and you know it's it's funny because my mom was just talking today to me about this and she said she has a she has a very distinct memory of constantly telling my dad you know turn the music down you know this is just not going to work but whenever I would cry metal music was the only thing that would make me fall asleep like you could put on Sesame Street it would do nothing but the minute that I heard you know the heavy guitars and everything would just knock out just like that so yeah it's it's really interesting but yeah so he he definitely pulled me into that world and and I've never left so it's I'm very very grateful for that you know as I said before same here I mean my father would play guitar all the time and I was listening to your cover of Silent Lucidity And I remember him playing that intro and behind him on the wall was Ozzy's The Ultimate Sin album poster. So the the recall was really specific. So (laughs) and also I would like to mention that Silent Mm -hmm. Lucidity made me cry 
So oh. thanks for that. <laughs> oh, but, thank you. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no. It's so, it was so good. I mean, it was a good cry. And then I realized what we should be talking about together. <laughs> well, I'm glad glad to hear that. I'm sorry, but I'm glad to hear that it oh, no you. Thank you. <laughs> no apologies needed. But these metal lullabies and reinterpretations, are they a way to encapsulate or trigger episodic memories? Like, essentially, are these songs a way for you to time travel? Yeah, absolutely. I would say I, I am just so nostalgic. And my favorite part about music is how it can, you know, transport you to another time and place and just make you feel the same exact feelings you felt when you first heard the song. And I just think that's one of those things that's just so special about it. And yeah, I mean, when I picked the songs that were on my Metal Lullabies album, I, of course, had a lot of help from my dad here again, because even if he didn't, like, say these are the songs going on the record, it's still, I mean, it was all of his favorite songs. So, I mean, it was certainly, certainly, certainly a way. Every time I hear Sleeping in the Fire by Wasp, for instance, like, you know, now I have some new memories since I played it when I was touring Spain and I played it, you know, I've done versions with Doug Blair from Wasp now who plays lead guitar in Wasp. And so there's some new memories with the song, but it still takes me right back to, you know, when my dad was listening to Metal Shop in 1980, whatever year it was, 85, 86 or 87, I don't even know when, but anyway, it still just takes me right back to those memories and, you know, it's just really cool how now I can build off of them, but it's just, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Music is just such a powerful, amazing thing. And was it your father that suggested you post these reimaginations of songs online? It was, yeah, because, you know, I never had any, at the time I was doing like Adele covers and just things that I thought would be, I don't know. I, I, I was listening to metal all the time, but I just didn't want to be like too out there at the time. I was afraid of like kind of venturing into that. And then one day for his birthday, I did uh, the cover of Sleeping in the Fire, the video. And that was a birthday present. Nobody was ever supposed to see it. And then he said, you know, he said, you got to you got to put this up there. He said, you'd be crazy not to. And what's the worst that could happen? Nobody would see it. And I honestly that that video has changed my life. It has absolutely opened so many doors that I never saw coming. And yeah, it truly, you know, this is really funny too, is my, my mom on the other hand was like, I don't know, I think you should take that down because, <laughs> and she always said that when she thought I did something a little more like out of the box, she wanted me to like be safer. But then now she's like, yeah, it's good. You didn't take that down. <laughs> So it's kind of funny because they she's not a huge metal fan, but she she appreciates it. But yeah, it was definitely he he really pretty much forced me to do it. And I'm so glad that I did, because through that, I met my booking agent and I met all, you know, I spoke with the people that are in Wasp now. And, you know, I've worked with Doug Blair and that's actually it kind of helped in some way get me over to Spain on tour. And it's, it's pretty cool. It's, it, you know, it just really is important to get music out there. And that's now we can with the internet. And it's just brilliant how you're able to do that. Well, it's funny how your gift for your father became like an even greater gift for you. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely it's weird how it works out. Yeah. Life is crazy. Your versions are interesting because they make me forget the original for a moment and it's uh-huh. refreshing because it offers a way to re-experience music that carries heavy nostalgia. So oh, very cool. while I was I listening, <laughs> yeah. so when I was listening, I was like, 
sometimes I'm like, what am I listening to again? And oh, then wow. I would get then I'd get like little memories of the original and then where awesome. I was. So Very it was cool. a cool I'm experience. Very cool. <laughs> I know family is a big part of your life and you know, obviously your dad has helped you and brought you to this moment where you're actually playing your own metal music, but you also have another aspect that you have lived with and this is your your OCD and anxiety. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not being too forward, what are your symptoms? I know you can have obsessions, compulsions, or a mix of both. What are your rituals? When or how did this begin for you? Um, I've never really spoken in a lot of detail about this. I'm a super private person, very, very private. But I I do feel like I kind of want to dig into this a little bit more. I think it actually might be a little bit therapeutic to do so. I certainly will talk about it. You know, it's interesting because it's kind of going off of the last topic we were talking about. My dad, I grew up with him having chronic illnesses and problems. He was a diabetic since he was 17. He had kidney transplant when I was in fifth grade. He was in a coma when I was in third grade. They didn't know if he was going to come out of it. They actually called the family in and I, he has had his leg amputated. He had, I mean, I could keep going. I, and I don't, want to do this for sympathy but I mean as you can imagine all of this starting oh that's let alone all of the blood sugar you know times I came home from places and he was passed out and you know I had to give him a shot to bring his blood sugar back up so I mean as you can imagine you know I know there's a lot of people that deal with a lot of things and I my heart just goes out to everyone that has to deal with anything but just speaking personally you know dealing with that from when you're three or four years old and just kind of your whole entire life not knowing what the next day is going to bring. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> all my, my therapist and my psychiatrist, they all say like, you know, it's, it's pretty obvious why you have anxiety. Plus it's kind of inborn in me, you know, it's a genetic thing as well, but it definitely, I think a lot of that is also PTSD from different experiences that I, you know, have. I, not to go too much off on a tangent, but for instance, you know, I would go now, even as a 33 year old, if I go to the hospital where, you know, some of these things happened with my dad, I have panic attacks there because I just, and I'm just always trying to find all like, oh yeah, what room was this? And this is where this happened. And I'm actually like shaking right now talking about this. That's how, (laughs) that's how serious it is to me still. And yeah, so I think a big part of that is from that. And I actually, used music when I was little I started with poetry and then I started having music you know melody ideas and I would kind of turn them into lyrics and that is how I started writing and it really really helped because I was an only child I didn't have a ton of friends just by choice I think with what I was going through with my dad I just felt like at any second something could be taken away so I even applied that to my friends like if I had a friend and I was having a good time at any second that could just go away and I don't know if this is making any sense at all but I'm just completely no, it, off the top it, of my head. T- it totally does so okay. just keep on going okay but yeah I, I just really um I just was always afraid of something going away because that was just that constant fear that at any time so you know I've I've even had people that have lost their parents come to me and say you know it was really hard dealing with the loss of my dad but you know, I don't know if I would be able to go through like what you went through constant, 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 you know, forever. So now, 
but yeah, I, I, as you can imagine, that brings me to the anxiety and, and the OCD. And I think the OCD was kind of what naturally happened to help me have some sort of control in my life because I didn't feel like I could control anything. And I remember when I was in about fifth grade, when all of that was happening, my aunt gave my dad her kidney and you know I kind of felt like my life was falling apart anyway because you're kind of at that adolescent age where you're really not comfortable anyway with anything like everything is changing around you and you're changing and it's just really uncomfortable and I feel like I had a breakdown then and that's when I was like really starting to I just remember like constantly shaking and just I don't know, I didn't cry a lot because I just never felt comfortable crying. I just kind of kept everything in. But then I started playing instruments and that changed my life completely because then I was finally able to get out what was inside. And then that helped me to kind of not have so much insides. My my obsessions were always more of the magical thinking, which is like I would, for instance, look at a clock and only be allowed to do things at certain times. Like I would have like magic numbers. And if it was on like an unlucky or a lucky number and that sort of thing, which I'm sure, you know, you can kind of understand how that would be hard to get things done because I would sit for instance, on my computer for an hour waiting for like a certain time that I could save a document or something. So, I mean, it, it's just that sort of thing. A lot of you know, undoing and redoing, like I would walk into a room, walk back out and then walk back in just really looks so silly to anybody else, I'm sure. But I tried to keep all that in as well. But I would say I could keep going on about the about the rituals. But I would say last year at this time, I had experienced some loss in the family people, you know, kind of felt like I was losing control again. And I kind of had a breakdown around this time last year. And it was the worst that I have had yet. And I thought it was honestly like when you hear like people having a mental breakdown, it's kind of like that. And I just didn't, I didn't know what to do. So I, I went and I, I have to say, I'm a super huge advocate for medicating yourself. If you, if you have any disorder like this, because I'm on a very, very small dose of something and it's just enough for me to still feel like myself, but to be able to get through daily life. So with that being said, <laughs> um, I was worried about going on medication because I thought, you know, I was a little bit concerned that maybe it would alter my creativity and it would maybe, because all of my writing is from such a dark place, I actually feel like it's easier to write now because it's not, my head isn't like, oh, you can't write that word because that word can't be next to this word and, you know, all those silly OCD type things. So it really is under control right now, but that's not to say, you know, that something might not happen later on, but that's pretty much my story. <laughs> well, I was curious because I had read that this was your your situation, and uh-huh. when listening to Ode to the Dark, it seems like you're immersing the listeners into your mental state. Yeah. So how how did you channel those feelings inside into telling this story in support of your mental health? You know, it's it's interesting because when I was writing the songs on Ode to the Dark, I initially thought they were from like a biographical standpoint because I was thinking about like maybe stories I'd I'd read or stories I'd heard about other things. And then as I was coming out of this dark mental place that I was in when I was writing, I realized they were completely inspired by my own encounters with anxiety and OCD. And I didn't even realize it because I was just so deep into it when I was writing. So yeah, they were 100% about what I was going through, but I was just so 
so in it, I didn't even realize it. So yeah, I, I it's certainly, you know, a, a, a healthy way to channel it. But at the same time, you know, it, it was kind of, kind of like an out of body experience. It's really hard to explain. But yeah, so those songs are very, very personal and a, a very deep meaning to me. And the other thing I forgot to mention earlier about um, what we were saying about anxiety and OCD is one mm -hmm. of my biggest triggers is social media, which has been kind of a curse to me because, you know, as an independent musician, you know, your life has to be on the computer to get yourself out there and to do all of that or the computer or the phone, whatever. You just have to be connected technologically or else, you know, nobody's going to do it for you. And I had to purposely step away. And I felt really guilty at first because see what was happening. Like I say, I would go on Instagram and I would be scrolling through and then I would just get really anxious because like I, you know, I might see something that just didn't click in some weird way in my strange brain. And I can't even explain it, but I had to, you know, say, okay, I'm only going to use Instagram to post things that I need to post. And it's just a very uncomfortable thing. And that's gotten a little bit better. But like, I felt guilty then because I thought I don't want people to think I don't care about what they're up to or what they're doing. But I just actually like physically and mentally couldn't handle it. And I'm still kind of there, but it's getting a little better. So <laughs> one of my goals is to just one day be able to go back on Instagram and just scroll through and see what people are up to without feeling any sort of anxiety about it. But yeah, it's just it's kind of a kind of a bummer because I really do enjoy seeing what people are up to. But I it's of course, you know, most important to be healthy. So Yeah, well I mean, I feel like a lot of people now are, you know, watching their consumption yeah. of social media kind of when it first came out as like this ravenous thing. Yeah. And now and now everyone's like, Okay, you know, real life, step away. Yes. Like, put yes. a limit on this. So yes. I'm living yes. in, in the real world. And being in nature is the one thing, actually, um, being in nature, and I also have a bunny, and being around my bunny, and just being out in the woods, or wherever, it's, that is just the perfect place for me. I feel like it's just so comfortable, and I can just, you know, breathe the air, and I don't have to worry about just being connected all the time. I, I, Truthfully, if I wasn't a musician, I probably wouldn't even have a phone. That's how bad it is um, because I just don't even, I don't know. But, but yeah, being in nature, there's just nothing like it, I think. so. It's the best medicine, you know? It is. It is. It's so true. And, I mean, especially where it's, uh, it's not as stimulating. Right. You know, you can, it yeah. feels very natural and easy. And Oh, yeah. Having OCD and anxiety seem to be a double-edged sword Yes. in your case, because without it, you may never have felt and interpreted your experiences in the specific way you did, mm -hmm. in addition to having the wherewithal and, and foresight to make something of it. Right. Um, and at the same time, it's an extremely difficult path to walk, though you seem to have found healthy ways to channel it. I hope so. Yeah, I, I feel like it, you know, without music, I don't even know if I'd be here right now to talk about any of this. So I, I, I definitely, you know, it, it is a double edged sword. It's, it's, you know, I'm thankful for it in some ways, because I certainly wouldn't have been able to dig into some of those really 
dark places that I reached in some of the songs on, on Ode to the Dark. So yeah, I I definitely I kind of appreciate it, but at the same time I <laughs> I absolutely hate it. So it's yeah, it's that, that double edged sword for mm-hmm. sure. It's all that shadow work. Everyone thinks it's love and light, but right. a lot a lot of way to make space for light is to, you know, go and dive in deep into yourself, into the yeah. into the dark places and kind of shift things around so light That's can right. come through. Exactly. So, you know, it's a lot of work and I feel like when I listen to Oh to the Dark, that's your I don't know, your piece de resistance when it comes to dealing with those you know, emotions <laughs> right. inside of you. Or at least yeah. a first attempt into doing that for yourself. Yeah, that d- definitely is a good way to put it. You also do a lot more than create music. A lot more. <laughs> so you you play piano, write songs and sing them and reimagine iconic metal ballads, but you also teach ballet, you're an equestrian and you do this like super cute is it, all right, I don't want to botch the word, but is it kamigurumi? Yeah, I'm a guru, yeah that's right. Ooh, okay. It's like the Japanese art of knitting and crocheting small stuffed yarn creatures. They're yeah. so cute. I saw them on your Thank Instagram you. stories. <laughs> Thank you. Did I miss anything? Oh my gosh. I just, I, well, I think you mentioned about teaching. I I teach dance and songwriting. I'm a professor at a college here um, nearby. So yeah, I teach that to children and adults and the children. I, I just, I've been this summer, I've been spending a lot of time with kindergarten, first grade, teaching them songwriting, ballet. It's just been really fulfilling. And I think that's kind of what I was missing there for a while. It was kind of just all about me and my music. And it was just so intense. And now I'm like stepping back a little bit and just breathing and saying like, here, today we're going to learn Swan Lake. And it's just really great. (laughs) So yeah, I've been doing that. I also paint, draw, oil pastel. I, I, I'm really any the sort of art. Things. Yeah, I just love art photography. I love editing pictures. I love, you know, Polaroid pictures. I, I, we can keep going. I just, I love hobbies, <laughs> crafts, and all sorts yeah. of things. Well, that's good, and especially working with children, they will, they will yeah. give you a new perspective every day. Oh yes, <laughs> absolutely. They're, they excel in that, and they will humble you just like that. Oh, <laughs> for sure. I was wondering all of these things you do. Are these simply interests or do you see them as specific ways to help keep your mind and body healthy along with informing your creative process in music? Yeah, I mean, I, I think they're definitely my interests, but I think the reason I always did these sort of things is just to keep my mind my mind healthy. I think I never really thought about it like that until you said that. But yeah, I, I think I'm just always wanting to do something and really like for instance with the amigurumi thing I was crocheting for a while I even was like starting to sell some of the little things I was making and then I had to put that on the back burner because I would make a couple stitches and then if I didn't like what my mind was doing you know or thinking at that time I'd like have to undo a whole row of stitches and it was kind of like that was how it was creeping in even with something like that but now I'm finally at a point again where I can you know if I want to make a little, you know, Pikachu or something, I can do it without having to unravel the whole thing like a million times. So yeah, I think it, it certainly is just a way I think I was for a while trying to keep my mind just occupied all the time. But now I think it's just staying healthy. And, and it's just like, now I'm actually doing these things to enjoy them, not 
not to, you know, just be like constantly filling my brain with something. So something else doesn't creep in. I don't know if that made any sense at all, but it totally does. And it seems too that versus, you know, being younger compared to who you are now, you're, you're more aware of when these things are going to happen versus kind of falling into it and being helpless in a way. Absolutely. Yeah. That being aware is, oh, that is so important. Like you can almost see the warning signs of when you're going to start to feel a certain way. And then I think I didn't have that for a while and it would just get so out of control so quickly. And I would, you know, stay up till like nine o'clock in the morning, um, just 48 hours in the studio and just not even take a break. And of course that's going to drive you to some sort of insanity really. (laughs) Um, So yeah, just having, knowing those those warning signs and and feeling letting your body take a break letting your mind take a break is just so important and and absolutely not another thing I just want to say really quickly while I'm talking about all of this is just not being afraid to talk to somebody about it there's just nothing shameful about any of this and I am such a private person and it might feel weird going to a therapist or going to a psychiatrist and telling them you know what what you're going through but I mean we recently just experienced a suicide very, very close to us. And I don't really want to say who it was, but it's something that has absolutely just turned our lives upside down. And I, with dealing with that, it was someone who was not comfortable and didn't feel they needed help and they absolutely needed help. So I just, just, it's so important. Just, there are so many foundations and hotlines and just things like that. It's just, I, I just can't stress enough. I never thought I'd be that person saying like, you know, telling everybody go, you know, get medication and do this and that. But I, I mean, it's just so important. Well, it's been such a stigma for quite a long time. And I feel like yeah. we're, we're kind of, we're moving out of that, like we self-care, are. like be responsible yeah. for you right. and your, right. your life. Don't be a victim of your own issues you can exactly if you, you can get help for that of, right some way of controlling it and what you know regardless of what it, whatever it is it's it's just so so crucial well this kind of makes your current situation even more delicious in a way because <laughs> now you're you're going to be performing with lacuna coil this month in yes. new york city yeah. All that hard work, all that mental <laughs> workout. Right. You're on stage with Christina and the and the entire Lacuna Coil band, which is such an amazing opportunity. Congratulations, by the oh, way. Thank you. Thank you. How did you find your way to collaborating with Lacuna Coil? It's a bit surreal. It is <laughs> I, I mean I can't even put it into words. I I honestly feel like I'm just in some sort of dream and I don't even think it's going to hit me when it does happen after it happens. I just, I don't know. It's, it's crazy. I've been a fan of Lacuna Coil for over 15 years and a friend in high school, when I was in high school, introduced me to them and I immediately purchased their album Comalize at my local CD store and their music got me through some very dark times, you know, growing up and actually after after listening to Delirium, their latest release, produced by Marco Codizlati, I couldn't believe how the arrangements were exactly what I heard in my mind. And, you know, with the new collection of songs I was writing, which includes all the songs that are on Ode to the Dark. And I was just really grateful to be able to work with the entire team behind Delirium. So, yeah, it's just, it's it's crazy. I can't even, can't even tell you. I, you know, working with them over in Milan was really, really cool. And, you know, 
had pizza one night with Christina and that was awesome to just kind of meet her and talk to her and just see that she was just as just as down to earth as I thought she would be just the sweetest person and and I I'm really really honored and so honored to be able to play with them and I think they're they're only two U.S. shows this year so I I can't even believe it and I really look forward to meeting a lot of the people that have reached out to me over the you know time since my music's been out and I hopefully will be able to meet up with some of them and you know finally meet them in person and talk to them and yeah it's it's just a very gratifying experience all (laughs) and like you said with with all of that being said with you know the whole mental state I've been in this is you know really happened at a good time that I can actually enjoy it instead of just being having to you know walk onto the stage and walk off and back on again because it was (laughs) a compulsion or something (laughs) so yeah well it feels good when you can just feel like you yes you know there's nothing you have to kind of tuck away or hide from anybody you can just be relaxed for a little yeah, bit and exactly. I, mean, I mean I don't know if you get a little stage fright at all before you go on but no, really besides don't. that well that's yeah. good I really don't. I, I never have. I, you know, I was a dancer my whole life. So that kind of was one of those things I kind of grew up on a stage. So I I don't know, though, about this, because <laughs> this is like one of those mental things for me, because it's going to be like a like in one of those personal accomplishments more so than anything like, you know, the band that I was listening to. And here I am. And, well, you know, <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm saying I don't get nervous, but I this one might throw me for a loop. <laughs> Well, you've done great so far, so that shouldn't oh, stop you. at these shows, and <laughs> thank you. they're sold out, which is... Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've been talking about that. <laughs> no pressure. It's sold out. So back to the question of how you began your collaboration. Like, Was that through your manager, or how did that end up working out? You know, I really don't remember the details um, of that whole thing. I know that I listened to Delirium, and I had it on repeat, and I kept thinking, like, okay... I need to work with Marco. I'm going to find a way to do it. I don't know if, I really don't remember, honestly, if I reached out to them or I I don't know what happened. I feel like I possibly might have emailed their manager at the time and just told them, I I really don't know, to be honest with you. I'm sorry. But I I know the next next thing I knew, I was sitting over there in VRX studio and working with all of them. So (laughs) I wish I could tell you more, but I honestly, it was like, well, there again, it was at a, time in my life when I was very oh, in my head and just all confusing so but yeah it, it was um but working there was you know just such a such a great experience and I learned so much and about recording and just everything is just so so great such a positive positive experience you need a mentor at times so it's it's yeah. great that you can step out of where you are and see how other people do things. Yeah, it's easy to get stuck in your own ways. And I think that that's one of the things that that did was just open, open up my eyes to like, wow, I never thought to do it like that. Or, you know, and to, to work with like, you know, seasoned veterans and, and just see what they do. And oh, it's just such a, such an amazing thing. That's awesome. I'm super happy for you that this is going to happen. So what about the future? Are you currently conjuring another beautiful dark journey to take us on what would you like what would you like the story of Melissa Van Fleet to be and she lived 
And she lived the life she dreamed of, even if that doesn't mean she's a massive, famous star. At least she can be confident knowing she wrote her own rules and used music to help herself and hopefully others through her art. I don't know. I just came up with that off the top of my head. But You know what? That um, works for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, I just definitely... Um, Yeah, I I definitely want to go back to Milan and work with Marco again. That's on my list of things to do for sure. Um, But in the meantime, I'm writing so many songs and in all different genres, recording music for TV and film. And I'm also doing some exploration with, you know, collaborations with artists of different genres, which has been so much fun, like um, some dark electronic things. And I'm you know, planning something cool for October because I didn't even realize, but October 13th, the last two October 13ths we had, I released something. So that's kind of now like a Your <laughs> like special a number. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. That it's the number thing again. Thinking. Like magical thinking. But you yeah. know what? It's yeah. you're you're letting it work for you. It's good. Right. It's a exactly. good thing. So that's a positive thing, not not a negative thing. Um but yeah. And uh yeah, so and I just um not too long ago released a, a really fun feature that I did with Genesis Horton Stay. Uh, they're a death metal band from Italy and that was really cool because they're a very, very different, you know, style than than I am. So that's kind of neat. So yeah, just that kind of thing. I love collaborating with people and I think it is just such a way to explore all your different all your different parts of you as a musician and as a person and as a writer and and it's just really fulfilling at the end of the day to listen to it and think like wow I didn't even know I could do that you know and then you hear it and you're like wow it's very empowering learning something new about yourself it's amazing right Right. and then you just tuck that away and and then just kind of have it in your repertoire of things that you know how to do or know you can do and just opens up your eyes and your voice and everything so yeah well that's all the questions I have for you today, Melissa. <laughs> it was a pleasure. I'm sorry I talked your ear off about that oh my anxiety goodness. thing, but I just never opened up about it before, so hopefully Absolutely. it wasn't too much for you. <laughs> oh, don't apologize at all. I would like to thank you for your vulnerability today oh because gosh. this is a, a very intimate and personal subject so and I understand and I know speaking about it can bring anxiety in itself yeah so definitely, definitely you can. did fantastic and you know I just I do I, I I really appreciate that you took time out of your day to speak with me and oh, yeah, yeah. Of, course. of course thank you so much for listening and for thinking to have me on this great podcast I really really do enjoy it and I will continue to listen as the episodes go on so thanks so much and thanks also for supporting my music I really appreciate that as well of course and I'll always continue to order your copy of Melissa's latest EP Ode to the Dark as well as her metal lullabies album at melissavanfleet.com music if you or someone you know is in crisis please call the National Alliance of Mental Health Helpline at 1-800-950-6264 or text NAMI to 741741 to speak with a trained crisis counselor 24-7. Visit MetalMavenPodcast.com for links to Melissa's social profiles, videos, and read the full transcript of this interview. Thanks for tuning in. And be sure to subscribe to Metal Maven Podcast on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google.